Welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I am your secret keeper and confidant, Lauren White. I'm a qualified counsellor and sexologist, madam of a secret society, author of Permission, and a witty, highly intuitive lounge room dancing introvert. I help you as an exceptional woman in entrepreneurship to see, love, and trust all the parts of yourself, especially the unseen. Let's pull back the curtain, light the candelabra, and remove the mask. These are the secrets women keep. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets Women Keep podcast. I'm your host and confidant, Lauren White, and today we have a very special guest and a friend of mine. Her name is Alyssa Martin. Alyssa is a highly successful conversion copywriter that helps to pull the messages out of your head so you can put them on paper and share them with the world. If you're an entrepreneur, Working with Alyssa will help you to find the words to make your work more meaningful, memorable, and profitable. She loves working with coaches, consultants, and freelancers because the words you use in your marketing are directly linked to the quality of clients that come through your doors. And trust me when I say everything with Alyssa is about quality. She's a straight shooter, a fellow INFJ. She has some serious Aries fire to her and is one of the only people I know that can say, I do whatever the fuck I want with conviction. And you believe her. The reason I've asked Alyssa on the podcast today is she's discovered in the last nine months that she has an incredible gift for reading and clearing energy. I've been on the receiving end of her work and it is absolutely phenomenal. Here to talk the secrets women keep in their energy systems is Alyssa Martin. Alyssa, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I really liked that intro. The um, <laughs> I do whatever the fuck I want. That I guess <laughs> is the Aries conviction. <laughs> the Aries totally, fire. totally, <laughs> and it just gets. From what I witnessed in you and working with you for the last four years, it just gets stronger and stronger. And it's like, yeah, you are there in a world where people say, um, I give zero fucks. And it's like, do you really? You look like a good girl that's saying that they give zero fucks. (laughs) Is that in alignment? I actually, when you say that, it's like, I, it's, it's like, um, you know, that after effect, it's like you get blown away, like a special effect. I stand back and like, I'm still like got wind and dust in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, yes. Thank you. Yeah. You're so welcome. Welcome. Um, now, Alyssa, in the Secrets Women Keep podcast, we go deep pretty quick. There's no point in small talk because, especially as an INFJ, I don't like it. I'm pretty sure you don't either. (laughs) You are a cut to the chase kind of woman. Uh Um, Now, I believe I define the bathroom store moment as one in which you are trying to hold it all together as everything feels like it's falling apart. You want to be seen and simultaneously invisible. Have you mm-hmm. ever had a bathroom store moment in your life? And if so, feel free to substitute with the car or the stairwell or the office stall, anywhere a bathroom store moment can happen. Um, to be honest, I feel like up until about eight, nine years ago, my entire life was that energy of a bathroom stall moment where I was like, don't want anyone to see me because I don't feel good enough. Um, but why won't anyone see me? Why aren't I getting promoted? What the hell? What the fuck? Oh, my allowed to swear? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was just like living in uh, fear and the energy of not good enough all the time. So that what you describe as a bathroom stall moment, I felt that all the time. I had mad insomnia, which totally makes sense to me now. At the time, I didn't know why. Yeah, living in that energy of like, oh, God, like you're on the top of a roller coaster. Yeah, perpetually on the top of yeah. a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There were there tears, there was like there were there was sobbing, was there all did all of that go along with it? Like that real, like for mm-hmm. you, was there that, 
really visceral outward expression of those feelings inside? Yes, I was living at my own apartment, so I didn't have any anyone to share my space with. So on the outside, I'm sure everyone thought, you know, my life was fine, good even. But on the inside, I would like retreat home to my apartment and just wallow mm-hmm. and binge eat a lot. Mm. Um, and yeah, lots of crying in the shower. You know, I think I was so trapped in that space. I didn't even want to cry outside the shower because then I had to like look at myself. There's like, there's no mirrors in the shower. It's like a completely private, vulnerable moment. And for some reason I thought crying in the shower was, was more acceptable or something. Like maybe I still had it together if I cried in the shower, but if I cried over my breakfast cereal, then then I no longer had it together. <laughs> yes. Oh, I feel like the word that's coming through is containment. It's like you were able to contain that yeah. expression to something that was acceptable to you, Where, yeah. whereas in the other context or in the other expressions of it, right, you'd have a higher likelihood of self-rejecting or feeling shame about it, whereas the bathroom was the the shower, I should say, was like a safe, acceptable place. Yeah. And to. now that I know more about energy, I guess, the shower is actually a great place to just cleanse and wash everything away. So um, it's a metaphor I, I use quite often with people these days if I'm helping clear their energy. Like imagine yourself in the shower or under a waterfall of light and it's all just washing away. That's kind of what I was uh, hoping and praying for, doing it in the shower. Like maybe if I cry here, it'll all just wash down the drain. When I get out, it'll all be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And the energy, like now that I'm on the topic of energy, that it was like I was... Um, do you know that feeling where you have to slam on the brakes, like you might just hit, hit the car in front of you and your bot, whole body goes, <gasps> it's like I lived that whole, like your, your whole body, like you inhale, your whole body contracts and all your muscles tighten. It was like I lived my whole life like that. I had hardcore, like chronic pain problems in my back as well. Now that I think about it, um, like it's just like I was living so contracted that I didn't know how to release all of that that tension. And it's no wonder that uh, I wasn't being seen or heard in the workplace in the way that I wanted because I was living in that like small contracted energetic space instead of like moving out around, like sending my energy out around like, a, you know, like I'm 10 times bigger than I really am. Because when you feel someone that feels great about their life, they're not in that like contracted Fuck no. like, kind yeah. of space. They walk into a room and they fill it. Yeah. And I was the opposite. I walked into a room and headed straight for the back corner, mm. metaphorically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. And we were talking about this in Secret Society um, just last night actually with one of our meetings was about the power of when you walk into a room and the difference between you feeling like an imposter and feeling into everyone else's judgment of you and you walk into the room as though you've got a secret, like Mm -hmm. walking in and how that, um, and how that can completely change your physiology. Um, And I feel like you're speaking into that right now, the way that you, the way that you hold yourself and the way that you, enter a space says so much about what comes back to you and Mm. it's interesting when we look back onto our um our 20s or our 30s or wherever we are in life and we were living in that small contracted state how how incongruent was that we were like why isn't anyone listening why isn't anyone seeing me why am I not why am I not accelerating Mm. and and how our bodies and our nervous systems were in complete opposition to that actually happening. Yeah. Our, the contraction is not conducive to um, to moving into expansion. It's a necessarily it's a necessary piece to kind of we're go, we're always going to expand and contract, but perpetual contraction is a totally totally different 
thing. And it sounds like you were in that for a number of years. Yeah. In in hindsight, probably all of my 20s. And then I met my now husband and he got to experience the brunt of it when I was like trying to figure out how to have a relationship and be seen and be vulnerable and be like intimate and open but still worried that I wasn't worthy. And that worthiness piece is the biggest thing I see with the women that come and do some energy work with me. Everybody has some element of self-worth issues everybody just manifests in different ways Mm. yeah it's interesting that um if you think about the the world having a north pole and a south pole or um there being a connection between you know the center of earth and the source of the universe and that being what rotates us around the the universe and stuff there's like pardon me poles in life, uh, same with night and day, the two biggest poles I see in the energy are love and fear. We all operate somewhere on the spectrum of 100% filled in with love or 100% filled in with fear. And, you know, one of them feels great and the other one doesn't. (laughs) but we have to be kind of ready, willing and able to step into the feeling of that and not just try and think, 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 think our way out of it because mm. that think, 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 think energy just feels like you're wading through mud. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit that I have lived so much in that energy even though I know and listen to the words I'm using even though I know (laughs) that operating from the heart operating from the sacral is just so different in texture and feel and pleasure and joy it's it's as though being in that head energy can be can create a sense of dependency, like like almost like a nut that you can't crack. Like I'm sure if I just stay in this energy, I'm going to crack it. I'm going to crack the nut. You never crack the nut. You never crack it. Your ideas don't come through. Your creativity doesn't come through. I'll move into ownership. My ideas don't come through. My creativity doesn't come through. Uh, People can't feel me when I'm perpetually in that energy and uh, that's been one of the biggest one of the biggest turnarounds for me is uh, dropping more into that into that heart space and into that pure creativity and out of that comparisonitis and out, out of that this is how things should look, um, which is what the head loves to feed off. It's like yeah. absolute fodder for the brain. It's like this is the way it should look. This is how it should go. It didn't go this way so it's ruined and mm. um, all of that absolute kind of thinking. So you are... You are bang on, and the sooner that you, the sooner that you learn that, you really learn that, not learn it, but feel it and be yeah. it, be that thing, be in that loving energy. Your light, your quality of life, and all the things that you're looking for, you start to feel. It's like the head tr- mm-hmm. just wants, the head just wants all these things, and it wants all these things, but the head never actually gets it because the head can't feel it. That's the weird, isn't it? Like that's Mm -hmm. the weird thing. We keep using our head to get to feelings we want to feel and it's like, no, you've actually got to try and embody the feelings that you want to feel so that you can move towards having the things that you want. It's the other way around. Yeah. Yes, totally. So one of the, well, you would know this, Lauren, but when we do energy work, Mm -hmm. um, together or I do it with anyone we um we use a what would it take statement to try and manifest and call in what we want so one of the things I really recommend people play with is what would it take for this to feel good what would it take for whatever I'm doing to actually feel good right now Mm. what would it take for me to feel good right now what would it take for me to feel calm if I'm sitting in that bathroom stall moment what would it take for me to feel calm right now? Mm. 
And there was one time actually um, where I was at a meeting when I still had a, um, a day job. I was at a meeting where they were essentially getting us all to plan for ourselves who was going to get made redundant. You know, it was under the guise of something else, but um, it was part of a redundancy plan. And I was freaking out because, Ma, I didn't have any respect for my boss. And I could see, sense and feel that what she was writing was going to make us all, like, in our team obsolete. I was freaking out. I went to the bathroom and I was like, okay, well, what would make me feel better right now? And I was like, go and sit by the lake. So I literally just left the meeting, walked out, got in my car, went to sit by the lake for the rest of the afternoon and never went back. (laughs) Um, And... I think I probably even turned my phone off because I remember getting home and there being texts being like, are you okay? You just disappeared. But, yeah, like give yourself the freedom to do what would feel good for you, that like serving other people and making other people feel good, like that doesn't doesn't help you at all, Mm. especially in a situation like that where the people that I would have been trying to impress if I stayed were the ones about to make me redundant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's some sage wisdom there. And how different would things be if we operated from a place of does this make me feel good? We'd probably have a lot more harmony and be able to meet in the middle a lot more if we operated from that place, from most people operating from a place of what would make other people happy? What would look good mm-hmm. to other people? What would satisfy that? Where, how can I get approval from other people? It would. It would just... It would speed up our creativity. We'd get result the results that we actually want a whole lot sooner and we'd save ourselves a whole lot of grief and turmoil in these interactions that are just really unpleasant and disappointing and frustrating and don't meet our expectations. <laughs> mm, yeah. And that sitting in that energy or that space where you're like, all right, well, what would make other people happy right now? That's a self-worth thing, yeah, right? That's that's that energy block around self-worth where we feel like, you know, our worth comes from making other people happy. Um, I've worked with lots of mothers that feel that way, like, well, the kids need this and the husband needs this and da-da-da-da, and that they're always last on the ladder. Um, and that's certainly something my mum role modelled for me. I see it all the time. But, you know, there's a reason why if an airplane goes down, you put your own mask on first. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you've worked with a lot of women, particularly women who identify as entrepreneurs. Can you share with us what's, one secret of our energy or our energy system that connects all of us together? Uh, The self-worth thing is definitely one. And um, to explain it in a different way, I think the self-worth thing is the biggest one. Everything um, seems to at some point be connected to self-worth issues. But the biggest way that... Um, I see that manifesting. Oh, this is so ironic because you said this about me earlier. Um, But it being safe, right, and good for you to do whatever the fuck you want, that, you know, you, we get these business coaches that tell us that we need to do it this way and their methodology works, but you have to apply every single step. Otherwise, you know, you're not eligible for the guarantee or their return policy or whatever but really um we're all different like bits and pieces of other people's strategy will work for you but not necessarily taking like a cut and paste system blueprint roadmap or whatever and applying it to your energy your business how you like to operate and there's a lot that comes um, and the way that manifests in the energy, that that feeling of, um, well, I have to do it this way or I won't be successful or I have to do it this way or no one will want to buy from me or I have to do it this way or I'll never make any money um, or I'll have to do it this way or my current clients will be pissed off. Um, the way that manifests is kind of 
shrinking ourselves to suit other people again, just mm. like we've been talking about. Mm. Um, there's a we have been conditioned to believe that we live in an awe universe where you can be happy or rich. You can be an excellent mother or a million-dollar business owner. You can be in a loving relationship or you can be completely filled in and happy and in love with yourself. Um, But in like what would it take, again, what would it take for us to live in an and universe where you can choose to be both an excellent mother and a million-dollar business owner, Mm. for you to show up as your real self and make tons of money, for you to be 100% filled in with yourself and other people see it, sense it, feel it, love that about you, admire that about you. Um, yeah, it's everything, like the biggest things that I see from entrepreneurs is something along, something that has resulted from beliefs about the or universe mm. instead of the and universe. Mm. Yeah, needing to choose, yeah. having to choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, that comes back to self-worth, that, Mm. you know, can I really have this? Do I really deserve this? Um, Will the universe provide this for me if I aim for this, if I ask for this, if I want this? Am I just setting myself up for failure if I aim for this, if I want this? Yeah. Mm. Maybe this isn't something I should say out loud Mm. because I'm just going to look like a failure if I don't achieve it all sorts of stuff along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. And subscribing to the theory of the and universe is really liberating. And what I've found is that the more I subscribe to the and, the more I can do all those things I want to do and each one complements the next. Mm-hmm. When since I've given myself the big green light to have an incredible business, be a present mother, move my body in the ways that feel good for me, have the connections that really fill me up, have the space for myself, the end, 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 each one fills each other up. I hope that's making sense mm-hmm. to people. It's it's like if I just subscribe to I could only be a good mother and um, otherwise, you know, and not a good entrepreneur because, like, that will be that will be sabotaged because I need to have all of my presence in motherhood. Mm-hmm. Well, then I'm not really a good mother because then I'm denying myself the passions and the fire that I really need to feel, balance out my life and balance out my creativity. So I don't. I really want women to know that they don't have to choose between those like all of those things that you can actually have them all in smaller doses and you're probably going to feel really filled up and each one's going to have a domino effect into the other when you work out it makes you feel happier and then you're more present with your children and less irritable and you're feeling more solid in your identity and then when you step into your work persona or step into your work hours then you're more focused because you're not carrying the energy uh, that's left over from all of this restlessness in your body and so on and so forth. It's just incredibly, it's incredibly liberating. Yeah, definitely. And expansive. So if we go back to that concept of having your energy contracted or expanded so that it fills the whole room, the way, you know, rich, successful, abundant people do, um, it's way more expansive. It's a step into a new energy where you're mm. living and showing up in the world. It's mm. your like full expanded self. Yeah. Um, but I sense that there's there would be plenty of people listening to this that are thinking, yeah, that's all well and good for them, but limiting belief, limiting belief, limiting belief. Mm-hmm. You know, my partner's away or I'm single, I have no support, or I'm a single mother and have more to juggle than you or whatever. All of those are valid. And the way to shift your mindset is or shift your energy, it's not just mindset, it shifts your whole energy, is actually I want to compare this to mantras, uh, affirmations. 
you know, we've, uh, especially in the entrepreneurial space, probably all heard the mantras that are, I am whatever it is you want. I am wealthy. I am successful. I am an incredibly present mother. I am whatever, whatever it is you want. And there's a, that kind of contracts the energy. The way I see it, it, when people say that, it's almost like the logical brain kicks in and it's like, yeah, but I'm, am I really? Mm. You know, I am rich. Yeah, no, I'm not. Mm. Um, and it doesn't matter how rich you are because by your definition, you're, you're rarely rich enough, quote, unquote. Um, so instead of saying, you know, I am a successful entrepreneur and a super present mother, the what that shuts the energy down when your brain goes, mm, am I really? So the way to flip it on its head is to make a what would it take statement. So what would it take for me to be a super successful entrepreneur and a wonderfully present mother? And it shifts you into the energy of possibility. So you're looking then, trying to see, sense and feel ways that you can be both of those things. You're out there searching the universe, searching the world for solutions instead of just being like, no, I'm not. This is stupid. Mm. It completely Mm. changes the energy and it changes the way you show up Mm. as someone trying to, wanting to achieve that thing. And what I love about that question, well, first of all, I'm a big fan of questions over affirmations mm-hmm. and um, in in all forms of embodiment practice because they feel like they feel a little they feel a little, little bit more they feel a lot more gentle and inviting and less likely to have criticism come up than a really firm kind of concrete affirmation. What I love about the question that Alyssa's proposing that we ask ourselves is that it also it doesn't just inform us what we need to do, but it informs us what we need to eliminate and what we need mm-hmm. to subtract, right? Mm-hmm. So what would it take for me to be uh, an incredibly successful entrepreneur? It's not necessarily going to be adding more things to a list. In mm-hmm. fact, I would say that you'd need to look at what you don't need to do anymore. Um, just using that example, mm. feel free to substitute it with whatever feels good for you, but to subtract first and then add the things that you can do or to, to play around with that a little bit. It energy Expansion isn't just adding. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it can be something super simple like, huh, look, I could get a cleaner and then I don't have to like wake up in the mornings and think, oh, I've got to do all this stuff before before I sit down to my my real work, my profitable work, my meaningful work. Yeah. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So something I wanted to ask you since you've learned um, how to clear energy is where do you think women keep secrets in their energy system? Um, it's different for everyone. Um, But one of the most common places I see, if I look at someone's energy, there's almost always like a bunch of stuff behind the back. Like it's kind of the energetic equivalent of just sweeping things under the rug. Mm. Like I'm going to just put this back here where I can't see it, don't have to deal with it right now. Like I'll deal with it later. It's kind of where we put stuff when we want to deal with it later. And then it's like this invisible backpack of burdens and fears and false beliefs and stuff that we have in there. And it gets like I'm they're showing me right now like a backpack full of stones. So mm. <laughs> it's really heavy and burdensome, but we, we kind of just get used to it, mm. like forget that it's even there. Um, that's a really common one. Um, it's also really common for people to either be um, ungrounded or too grounded. So if you're ungrounded, it feels like you're just kind of free to float around in the universe or whatever, like your, um, your energy sits quite high. Um, if you're too grounded, your energy sits really low and it's hard for you to connect up to like wisdom in the universe, to truth, to 
guidance and messages and signs and all of that sort of stuff. Those would be the three big ones. There tends to be, oh, God, there tends to be a lot also in the in the stomach, whether that's solar plexus or um, mm. sacral, because yeah. um, that's where a lot of unworthiness sits. Mm. Um, but the unworthiness is is then all like linked to either being too grounded or not grounded enough. Um, yeah, those t- two t- tend to come hand in hand. Yes. And for anyone listening, if you're not sure what too grounded means, uh, my best interpretation, Alyssa can um, correct me if I haven't got it right, but when you're too grounded, you end up being stuck. You're yeah. so like you're so weighted down mm-hmm. in what you consider to be your reality that you don't move. We need yeah. that. We want to be grounded and we want to be rooted, but we still want some movement and some flow and it's as though there's concrete within yeah. your feet and mm-hmm. you're just not you're just not budging and that's not a desirable uh that's not a desirable state to stay in yeah and if you think about the natural order of the world everything flows everything moves water moves and flows air moves and flows like to be stuck in concrete is not um it doesn't feel good. It's not where your destiny, where your energy is meant to be, where you're destined to to go. Um, yeah. Mm. So there's yeah, totally ways to shift that. Yeah. Um, just speaking of the body and secrets, something that came through, and this is purely intuitive. There's no. Uh, peer-reviewed research to back up what I'm about to say. Uh, But when I developed the secret releasing technique last year, I it landed in that the coccyx is a space, is a part of the body where secrets are kept. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why, but it feels like this, to me it feels like this energetically potent forgotten about very Mm -hmm. very forgotten and neglected part of the body like Mm -hmm. who who really massages their coccyx or pays attention to it or um and it's almost i don't know it's almost representative of the fact that oh did we have a tail do we used to have something something more there and something i've since learned about the coccyx and my acupuncturist told me this is when I shared with him, I think secrets live in the coccyx. And he goes, for sure, mate, for sure. <laughs> like, he's just like, for sure. Like, and, he, and, he start, and he's just this, he's just one of those people that's a, a universe of knowledge. But he ended up sharing with me that when you cremate a body, the coccyx doesn't burn. They wow. actually, that, that the rest of the body will, um, will turn to ash, but they'll always be left with a coccyx. And I found that, I found that absolutely fascinating and I wondered, um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there to the audience. It's a bit of like this is all my own, this is all my own interpretation of things, but I wondered if we pay more attention to that real representation of the root. I mean, it's so mm-hmm. close to our anus and it's so, so close to our pelvic floor. If we pay more attention to that and what it holds and what it has to share with us, whether we can then go on to feel more grounded and feel more in tune with nature mm-hmm. than um, than feeling completely untethered or completely stuck and stuck yeah. in concrete. It uh, that doesn't surprise me actually. Um, so the root chakra, right, sits right at the bottom of your spine. So coccyx and um, that's kind of if you're, well, one, your root chakra has to be really open to manifest things into reality, like for it to be grounded in the real world and um, on earth and all of that jazz, um, but also that that feeling of stockness, like that um, feet in cement that I can't possibly see a way out of this um, energy that is, I can totally see that that's linked to, well, it is definitely linked to the root chakra and therefore the coccyx because we get 
kind of trapped in our belief about, well, this is just my reality and there's no way out. So, and then that can bring up all sorts of thoughts, feelings, beliefs, stuff like that around, well, if this is just the way things are, if this is just the way it is, then, you know, what's the point in complaining? What's the point in trying to do something different, you know? There's no point even speaking this dream out loud because it's never going to happen for me. So all of that stuff that we really want but think we can't have then gets trapped in the root chakra. And that's what I mean about being too grounded, like it's stuckness, like wading through mud would be a luxury to you if you have your feet stuck in concrete. Mm. Yeah, so it totally makes sense to me that you would feel that secrets are stored in the coccyx because the root chakra has a lot to do with how we perceive, how we feel and experience the the real world. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it still ties in with what you were saying about the other aspects of the body that hold on to secrets because it depends on the offense that has taken place or the betrayal or the rejection and where that and it, what energy center really, really felt that the most. So, um, yeah, I think there's, there's nuances and there's individuality in, mm-hmm. in all of that. I just wonder if in some ways everything that occurs is filtered down to that space down deep. It's like that almost like the, yeah, the deepest, the deepest part of ourselves mm-hmm. is something I yeah, have wondered about. And what I'm also wondering about is what is the cost? What do you think is the cost of what women keep locked in their energy system? Debilitating is the word that they just showed me. It's like I can feel it in my energy just at the thought of um, keeping stuff locked. Um, I don't know if anyone listening has ever done something like uh, CrossFit, I think is the image that that my guides are showing me. Um, But the thing I hear from people that do stuff like CrossFit and ultra marathons and stuff like that is like, wow, I did it. Look, I did something I didn't think I could do. Man, I thought that was going to be way too hard or impossible or whatever. It almost... um, Letting go of that secret is is that same kind of liberating. Like, oh look, I did it, and I didn't I didn't die. Oh look, I ran that ultra marathon, and I didn't die. Look at how powerful I am. Um, and so the opposite, not releasing that, keeping it all locked in your body, is debilitating. It contributes to that sense of stuckness. I don't know how to move through this. That BS around this is just the way it is. I just need to put up with it, tolerate it. Da, da, da. Um, so if you, we could probably do an exercise now if you're open to it. Mm, so people love can. To. Okay. This will help you instead of us like waxing lyrical about what it is and what we think. It is. Let's give you a way to feel it, see, sense, feel it, know it in your own body and what that feels like for you. So you can do this. um, It'll be a visualisation. You can do it with your eyes open or closed. So you can do it if you're driving even. (sighs) And, okay, so I want you to kind of picture that there are two doors in front of you two options, two paths for you to go down. You can take the path on the left with the blue door, say, or you can take the path on the right with the green door. And just see, sense or feel yourself choosing to go down the path on the left towards the blue door right now. And behind it is a version of yourself from years ago. It's the version of yourself 10 years ago that has a lot of secrets that you're holding on to, a lot of questioning about whether or not you're really worthy, whether you can have the things that you really want, the partner that you really want, the family that you really want, the business that you really want, the money that you really want, the home that you really want. 
the body that you really want, the epic love that you really want in your relationship and notice what her body looks like, her energy field looks like. Notice how um, small or big she is, how tall or short she is. Notice how much space she takes up in this room. And if you'd like to feel that energy into your own body right now, imagine yourself being her again in this moment. And pay attention to whether it feels good and freeing and expansive and light. If it feels kind of heavy and stuck and burdensome and contracted. And when you're ready, you can... Release that, step out of her and back into yourself. Walk away and close the door and come back into where you were standing in front of the two doors. You might want to just shake that off. Cleanse yourself with some love and light and pure source energy and truth. And then decide that we're going to walk down the path on the right and take the green door. And as you open the green door, you might see, sense, feel, or just know that this version of yourself is from 10 years, 20 years, 30 years into the future. It's a version of yourself where you have achieved, manifested, seen your dreams come to fruition and notice how big or small she is now notice how much bigger she is than the version of yourself behind the blue door and notice how there's so much more kind of flow and freedom and ease of movement and speech and expression in this version of yourself so she her physical body is not just bigger and stronger There's more freedom and ease in her entire energy and how she shows up in the world and moves about in her life, in her business and her family. Now, you might want to get to know what that feels like in your own body so you can move towards that. So step into her now, like she is you and you are her. And notice how much taller and lighter you feel how much more flow there is into your movement and your energy. It's almost like your thoughts and your feelings flow through your body more easily and they flow out of you and into the world with clarity, confidence and conviction. Mm. Notice how much better it feels than the version of yourself from 10 years ago that had all these secrets and was contracted and playing small that the expansive, liberated, unfiltered, fully expressed version of yourself feels amazing. Mm. And step back into yourself now. Open your eyes if your eyes were closed. Needed a bit of a prompt there. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, marinating. (laughs) Yeah. You can literally feel the difference between the version of yourself that is contracted and totally and like burdened with secrets and the yes. version of yourself that's like fuck this shit yeah i'm just going to be myself <laughs> not your everyday meditation <laughs> fuck this shit <laughs> That's my style of meditation. Um, thank you, Lisa. That was just so, that was so gorgeous. I love, I love, there's so much power in being able to feel the difference between two different energetic states mm-hmm. in, in one experience. And that's what so much, um, that's what so many embodiment practices and meditation practices are missing is that sense of putting things side by side so that you can feel the shift and you're more mm-hmm. and for me it incentivizes me to act on possibility whereas if I've got mm. no if it's all just visualizing the future but no baseline I guess to reference yeah. from it just it feels a bit untethered yeah 
to me. So thank you for that. That's beautiful. Well, we all have different energies, right? Visualizing the future. There'll be some people that are, you know, in the energy, what we would call that clairvoyant, so that the visualizing really works for them. And there's some people that would just feel into it. There are some people that just have the knowing. Um, So there's, yeah, getting to know yourself and your own energy in that way, trying different things on. Like, okay, there are two things I want to try on and you can picture the two doors. Mm. There's a blue door and a green door or a pink door and a yellow door or whatever you want, whatever mm. any colour feels good and try them on. You can literally step into the world, the reality, a reality where you have taken X path and close that door and then open the other one and step into reality where you've taken Y path and see how it feels or what you see, what you hear, all, all of that sort of stuff. So you can get to know what works for you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because you don't know until you experiment and you get yeah. curious about it. Yeah. Getting curious is so powerful and it feels like an exploration. Like if you imagine the explorers going around the world, Maybe I can choose a less white-centric example. Um, but if you imagine, um, are your listeners Australian or worldwide? Uh, worldwide. Okay. So if you imagine that um, your people were going to explore a new frontier and they would go out and just see what they're, what's there, it's literally just exploring and seeing what's out there. If you came back and you didn't find anything, you weren't like, oh, damn, didn't find anything. We're like, okay, well, now we know what's over there. Let's go in this other direction now and see what's over there. Mm-hmm. Like it's exploration is, you know, literally trial and error. Mm. I have a theory that if I go over here, if I go beyond those mountains, there might be this amazing, you know, super rich, nourishing, fertile land on the other side. Let's give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, I'm not shy in sharing that your energy clearing is some of the most powerful I've ever received. And, yes, I've received a bit of (laughs) energy clearing in my time. I just knew that once we'd done the individual sessions together and the very powerful group clearing we did in Secret Society that something old in me wasn't going to run the show anymore. How much of a role do you think receptivity of the participant plays in how well all of this works to shift shift people's habits and subconscious patterns and, and experiences that have happened in previous lifetimes? Absolutely. Um, That's an amazing question. And it's the whole thing. Like I, I don't really do anything. The energy clears you. I just um, do some talking really, but the energy can't clear you or do anything if you're not open to it. Um, So um, an example, there's a woman that came to me, um, black American lady, African-American lady, um, and the guides, her ancestors were coming to talk to me a lot about um, racism and stuff and she just wasn't really interested, you know, fair enough, in hearing stuff about racism and privilege and all of that sort of stuff from a white lady and there wasn't really anything I can do. Um, So she, you know, gets to choose, Mm. like, am I going to be open to this? Am I not going to be open to this? All I can do is communicate the truth of what your ancestors or my ancestors or whoever are showing me, and then you get to choose whether you want to take it on board. An excellent example actually is my husband because I'm very capable of clearing his junk and he just does not want me to see his junk. So many double entendres there, Alyssa. I'm not sure. Like, it's like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes, so something I've seen as well in um, other. This was a man in particular. So there's a, a male client that I thought of, and um, my my clearings I do with the video off. 
um, which started because I can see things clear with my eyes closed. So there's nothing for you to be looking at. But what I've learned about that is from the uh, participant side is if they have their video on their, um, I'm going to call them lower selves, the versions of themselves in the path, past that have all of that fear and false beliefs and stuff that that they're holding on to in a bid to keep you safe, those versions of themselves, I can see them like scurrying around, hiding things behind his back in the hopes that I won't see it or clear it or whatever. Mm. And it makes it super hard if there's someone trying to trying to stop the clearing, then mm. then that's their prerogative. Mm. Yeah, we all have full responsibility for our own energy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Just good. Yeah. My biggest tip to people is to anyone listening that is that might be skeptical about all of this is that it it works and it's effective and it can change your life and it can access aspects of yourself that pure talk therapy alone cannot access it can access help you access parts of yourself that movement alone can't access and having someone who has a gift to see the unseen is so so incredible and I feel that it works beautifully in conjunction is very complementary to doing the movement and doing the talk therapy and and there's a there's an absolute place for it every time I've seen someone to help me clear my energy something has something has shifted and each time just kind of compounds on the last one so if you are in that place of being too grounded or too, or too untethered. If you're in one of those two places, energy clearing can really help you to find and reclaim your own sense of equilibrium again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally incredible. Absolutely incredible. So you took us through a guided exercise just a few moments ago, but I was just wondering if you could share with um, our listeners what's one way that we can clear our own energy if access to energy clearing and a practitioner is a barrier. Okay. Hmm. What would be the best way? Okay, so you can kind of expand your energy out within four breaths. So I'll um, show you how to do it now. Um, Again, you can do it with your eyes open or closed. Uh, Just make sure you have no arms, fingers, legs crossed. You want to think of yourself like an electrical current. You want it to just flow from your head out through your feet, like really nice and clearly. So in the first breath, you can take and you can inhale bigger as little as you want, but inhale and imagine your energy going up 300 feet above your head. It'll be uh, usually a very familiar place where you go to pray, or if you were to wish really hard, blowing out some birthday candles. So in, inhale, connect to that, and then as you exhale, bring it back down, bring the that light, that space down into your heart. And then the next inhale, we're going to send our energy down through the bottom of our feet and connect down, down, down through all the layers of the earth into the centre of Mother Earth. And then as you exhale, bring it back up into your heart. And then the next one, we're going to expand our energy out 360 degrees around us, like we're creating our own sunshine from those two places directly from source, the centre of the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, and Mother Earth. Because everything that exists in the world exists between those two places. So that was three breaths, not four. You can do it, can expand out with three breaths is all it takes. Hmm. So the main steps are one, 300 feet above your head where you go to pray or wish really hard and then bring that back down into your heart and then send it down to the centre of Mother Earth. And you will, you will get a, a, a feeling, you'll see, sense, or feel something down there. When you've hit that spot, you'll just know. Mm. And then you can bring it back up to your heart. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, you abundant people, whether that's having an abundant, rich, fulfilling family life or an abundant, rich, fulfilling business or whatever, abundant, rich, fulfilling sex life, their energy is not just in their body there, as we talked about earlier, the ones that fill the room. So that's why we yeah. expand it out around us. Yes. Yeah. And the sun is what keeps everything alive if you really think about it on earth. So it's what your energy is what when you're creating your own sunshine, it's what keeps your dreams alive, helps you move into them, make them a reality, keeps your, your energy centered on your own, your own truths and, and all the shoulds and other people's opinions and stuff live outside that space. Mm. Yes. Yes. Lots of yeses. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked today a lot today about what women grapple with and what they conceal and why. What are three things that you want women struggling with being their fullest selves to know? That you can decide whenever you're ready to step into your fully expressed fully authentic, 100% you self. And so number one is you can decide. Number two is that you don't have to do it all at once. It's not just like you are, you know, standing where you are now and then one day you're standing, you know, five kilometres down the road because you just leapt this whole hurdle full of progress or whatever. So number three would be the way to get from where you are now to that fully expressed version of yourself is to get curious and ask good questions like, okay, so what would it take for me to feel fully expressed in this moment? And then maybe the answer you see, sense, feel, hear, whatever is, okay, maybe I need to dance. And you just put on your favourite song and you dance it out like Lauren would do. <laughs> I may be sitting here with a big goofy smile, like, yes, I like this answer. <laughs> or maybe your fully expressed self just needs to go take a bath right now and have some alone time to connect in to your own self outside of everything that exists outside the bath. Mm. No, um, but getting up, getting curious, and asking, what would it take for? me to be my most expressed self right now gives you the power to make those decisions moment to moment instead of feeling like it's an all or nothing thing Yeah. so that you get a snowball effect. You choose to step into your fully expressed self 10 times today and then maybe 20 times the next day and 30 times the next day until one day you're just always your fully expressed self. Mm fully liberated self yes yes they're the words we want to hear they're the things that we want to feel Mm. and you've broken it down in such a doable appealing way for women to grasp onto for something that can feel so far away from them in this very moment that is some excellent excellent advice there I love it and it work and it works I just want to reiterate that uh I have done and or I do everything Alyssa Alyssa's everything Alyssa says I've always done everything (laughs) but I want to assure you copywriting or energy wise (laughs) perpetual teacher's pet but I want you to know that it works. It really does work. The grounding exercises, the asking yourself the questions, and it's just, you just keep doing it. It's not a, when I do this, there's like absolute magic is going to happen straight away. You just, the repetition is an incredibly powerful piece of everything mm. that Alyssa is yeah. sharing today. And actually, I feel like I should add one more piece to that about if you hear an answer and you're and you think, oh well, I can't possibly do that now because blah 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 blah. Um, the secret to getting your truth instead of the shoulds, the other people's opinions, the judgments, and all of that sort of stuff, whether it's self judgment or other people's judgment. So you can. So we did three breaths. So first breath up, second breath down, third breath expand out. Um, always connecting back into your heart. 
Um, but the fourth step is if you find that you're prone to the shoulds and the other people's energies, judgments, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, whatever, is when you're in that central sunshine, that great central sunshine you've created for yourself by expanding out 360 degrees, you can imagine those people on the outside of that in their own ball of light, in their own sunshine, so that their energy is separate to yours. And then you can even flick them if you wanted to imagine giving them a flick like a marble and they just spin out into the universe. And then you could ask your question again mm-hmm. so that you're in your own energy field and not with any of that like stuff that sticks to you. Mm-hmm. Um, um, whether like however it ties to you, it might stick to you or tie to you. Uh, that part probably doesn't matter to you. <laughs> this is what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt that when he said stick to you, I was like, ooh, yeah. yeah. I, could, I, could, I could feel that on my body that when the shoulds take place, there is this stickiness of what, of comparisonitis and or imposter syndrome and, and feeling into the energy of others and what they're doing. But this is clarifying that so that you're happy for them to be in their own light and power whilst you're in your own light and power. Yep. Yeah. That feels very different from feeling kind of stuck, sticky, like chewing gum. Yeah. Attached to, you know, the bottom of your shoe kind of with someone that doesn't feel clear or clean at all. Yeah. So that's probably the fourth step for you to try at home if you're someone that feels like the weight of other people's expectations and opinions and judgments mm-hmm. on you. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, fourth breath then see all those people that you worry about, Mm. their opinions, see them in the distance, in their own all of energy, in their own sunshine. Mm. That's so empowering. That's so empowering. And it's for your highest good and their highest good that there's Mm -hmm. that sense of distinction and separation. Uh, Alyssa, uh, as we wrap up the podcast, I ask a few quick shoot questions Mm -hmm. to all of my guests. So this is just, I ask a question, it's just the first answer that comes to you. Okay. So are you ready for that? Go (laughs) for it. Sit up straight and get ready. Okay. (laughs) What's your favorite sensation? Feeling is the first word I just had, like touch. Mm. What's your favorite secret place? Uh, okay. So there's a hill near my house. I've just moved in the last few months, but there's a hill in my house that's full of kangaroos. Um, and at the moment they all have, uh, well, lots of them have babies and, you know, baby heads sticking out their pouch. And for some reason, I think this is the most amazing spot to walk to, but for some reason there's really anyone up there. So I tend to go there and like walk up there, meditate, walk home. It's my favorite secret spot and I don't know how no one else in my area knows about it yeah well, it's made just for you it's yeah. made just for you mm-hmm. um what's one secret talent you possess oh the energy stuff definitely yeah, yeah. I'm just sort of coming out of the spiritual closet mm-hmm. and boy are we happy that you are coming out of that spiritual <laughs> closet so that we can all benefit and we can all be liberated uh mm-hmm. what's your secret pleasure Ooh. Okay, so the thing that came to mind first up was dark chocolate, but that's not such a secret. Everyone that knows me in real life <laughs> comes to my house with chocolate. <laughs> secret pleasure. I don't have that many secrets, to be honest. Um, yeah, dark chocolate. I'm going to go with dark chocolate. Yeah. Who's one woman who's really seen you? Oh, you. Oh. <laughs> So for those of you listening at home, um, Lauren and I have both been each other's clients and we've known each other for, I don't know, four, five, five, six, five years now. Yeah. So when we're clearing and helping each other clear our junk, there's not really any way to be, you know, holding your secrets to yourself, kind of Mm. pointless. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
One-on-one conversation or mingling through a bustling soiree? Oh, one-on-one. Yeah. (laughs) No question. I could have been like, no, I already know the answer. (laughs) Didn't want to be presumptuous. I thought thought, you never know. Things could have shifted since she started clearing energy and she's suddenly (laughs) mingling through bustling soirees. Deep Um, and meaningful one-on-one conversations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I feel you. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Can you please tell uh, our listeners where we can find you? Okay. Um, A lot is changing, but alyssamartin.com. You might see different versions of the the website as you, depending on when you visit it. And on Instagram, what is my Instagram handle? The Alyssa Martin at the moment? Yeah, the Alyssa Martin is Alyssa's handle. on on instagram so contact i'd say contact her through the website if you're interested in her energy clearing but she just hasn't gotten up to you just haven't gotten to the point of updating that yet so definitely reach out to her if you'd like to receive uh some of her medicine it's just it's incredibly potent and it's all killer no filler it's just like the session starts and like boom you're in Mm -hmm. um incredibly powerful. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for sharing about the secrets that we have locked in our energy systems. It's been amazing and enlightening. I have no doubt it's going to be the start of some significant shifts in women listening to this. Yay. I hope this episode has contributed to your understanding of your secret self. If you've enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and tag me in it so more women can feel seen and understood. And if you never want to miss an episode, then subscribe so you're always in on the whispers.